Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to sell an idea. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're as creative as Anka and I, or some of the people that we've worked with, you, getting the idea is not the problem sometimes. There are a myriad of ideas. You know, I know that if I sat down with a journal one day, I could probably come up with about four or five in about five minutes flat. And, you know, I've mapped out loads of different things. So there are loads. We, we are an ideas factory as a human being, I think, you know, so ideas are not in short supply. Sometimes we can't see them because we're worrying so much, but ideas are not in short supply. But there is a big difference between having the idea and selling the idea to somebody else who's going to pay you money to actually let you play around with your idea and help them. So today we are going to talk about the importance of social listening, the importance of taking a risk, no-brainer offers, and who and what audience to even sell them at. So the idea for me of even selling an audience, selling an audience, selling an idea to an audience, Anka, is this, if I just go on the word sell, first of all, sell is, it doesn't even make me think about money, first of all. It makes me think about um, a transference of influence um, about how, how, as you were saying before, how somebody sees that this is going to help them. So there is some level of captivating the interest, even in that process of selling the idea before we even create the actual sale of it and money changes hands. So can you dive in to the whole topic of how you came up, you know, with an idea, um, sold it, as it were, created a client out of it, and, you know, and what you learned in the process of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I have a project that I've got, you know, that I started recently, and so I'm literally following breadcrumbs. I've started to walk, and I just kind of what I do is it feels like I'm hiking along, and I very much take in the scenery. I I started walking. I kind of had a fairly vague idea of like it's more like a big mission, vision kind of message that I wanted to. Uh, bring into world like no concrete ideas of how to go about that right so other than oh let me just start with what i kind of know how to do let me just start a newsletter and then oh i can interview people and oh let's turn that into a podcast that's kind of as far as i was going right and next thing i know i got invited to speak at a at a summit 
you know, and somebody else who I'd met in that context sees the post and goes, oh, you know, well done. Well, uh, like, tell them to keep me in mind for next time, right? And so I remember, like, yeah, when we first spoke, we both didn't get invited because I just started, so my audience is small, and he didn't have one at all, right? So, well, but I have a podcast, right? So I did get invited to speak on that summit, and he was like, you could, like, in the comments, you could tell, he was like, how the heck did you get there? Like, what happened? Why didn't I get invited? And I thought, as I thought about that, and I'm like, yeah, well, of course you wouldn't get invited because you told me when I had you on my podcast that you didn't have and much of a social media following and you have no email list. So you have no audience, right? So I'm like, your world really needs to, like it's so good, it deserves visibility. It deserves to be out, but nobody's going to ever invite you, you know? And so there was the idea. And I'm like, well, I can help you. <laughs> and start an audience. You know, I know how to kick to help you kickstart one. And... There was literally that idea. And then I'm like, well, how can I make this a no-brainer offer? How can I how can I make him an offer that's that he can't refuse? You know, it was literally about what can I offer to him? And then I'm thinking, well, you know, I can offer to help him done for you. I host, I host an event for you where you are the host, but you don't pay anything up front. I get paid from, you know, the VIP process we sell. I'm like, I take a risk here. I'm like, you know, if we can't get somebody to pay to pay money for the VIP pass, I might host the summit with, without getting paid. You know, or I make thousands of, of, of euros. I don't know, and I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. So I'm thinking, like, having that and having that experience will be payment enough for me. Because I, first of all, if it goes well and people don't buy the VIP pass, I know I have some learning to do. But if he gets what he wants, you know, well, he's going to help me find other people. I have experience. I can decide that whether this is something I will offer again or not. You know, so I see on the way the risk I'm taking feels, yeah, I'm happy to organize a summit. <laughs> you know, even if that means I kind of don't really get paid. But there is the potential. I could make good money from this, right? Because there's lots of dog lovers, so we might get a whole bunch of people signing up for this. And, but the offer for him was so good that he couldn't refuse. It was no risk for him. The risks on me. And I always get the learning. I always get the, the testimonial. So I always get that. So I'm never really kind of losing out anyway. And he will get an audience with no upfront cost, you know, so win-win situation. But the thing is the piece that was the, the, the selling bit was to, until now, he was convinced that building an audience like nah wasn't something he wanted to get into. He couldn't see the point. So in that video I sent him, all the selling was about this is why we don't get invited. Because now I knew that he wanted to be a speaker on events and I could see, well, without the audience, you're never going to get invited. That was the piece. That's, what, that's the idea I sold to him. And he said it. Like he said, well, oh, I never like, now I see why this is important and I'm in, you know? So it's like, how, what are the implications of not having this? And how does this serve you? That's the idea, you know? And if you can't sell that, 
you definitely won't be interested in any service you're offering. So that's the piece yourself. But I think it's not as hard as it sounds because if you have children or a partner, or like you sell ideas all the time. You know, you kind of, unless you have a position of authority, if we join it this way, though I say so, which hardly ever happens anywhere, you know, you're going to do probably much better at selling ideas. Well, I think what I... What I'm, you said the word that I was going to come out with next, which is actually in order to sell an idea, you have to identify the implications for somebody of the or the cost of not having that, not going through that process. Because as you say, it's like to some degree, until he saw that you'd been invited on the podcast and he hadn't, and he'd been going longer than you, but you'd put these things in place to just start that visibility, start that audience, etc., get some traction going on it, you then became a viable um, bet for people. You know, you were out there, you were doing something, you were making the effort to, to grow some level of audience, even though you're at the beginning of it. But the person that couldn't see why he should even bother with an audience, for whatever reason, may not like social media, may not have even thought it was important, may have got his work elsewhere, certainly before the pandemic. Suddenly, there was an implication that became into his awareness of, okay, well, the implication of not having an audience is not being invited on you know, better platforms. And suddenly it was that. It was the moment where he recognized the implication, the cost of not continuing to, to actually go forward with that, that was the thing that sold the idea. And then what you did on the back of that was offer him an opportunity to start building that audience in a way that didn't even necessarily cost him that much up front other than the opportunity. And I think that is, there's some key takeaways there for people is, you know, innocently, sometimes we don't even um, recognize that people need to see the implication, not just the problem, because many people say is, you know, what problem do you fix? And we'll go, let's say, you know, you know, we solve the problem of people, they can't position themselves. But there's an implication to that. What's the cost of not positioning yourself? Well, you stay hidden. Well, you, you know, you end up running out of money. You end up having to get a job. You end up feeling invisible. You know, you end up wishing that you were, you know, you, you'd started five years sooner in, in, in building that list than you didn't when you do wake up to it. There is implications. Generally, an implication of not positioning yourself well is that people say no to you very frequently. And that's demoralizing. But it's that part that I want to hone in on because how to sell an idea actually is understanding the person in front of you and how where's the point where they need to be educated on the and see the implication of of not moving in a certain direction. And I think it's only when we actually get real or something becomes really important to us. For instance, he was jealous that perhaps a little bit that you got invited and he hadn't. Yeah. And it's, and that, yeah. 
He's, I mean, the comment wasn't nasty or anything, but you could clearly tell, you know, when he said, like, hey, keep, tell them to keep me on, my, in, on the list for next time. You know, so he openly said, hey, I would have loved to be invited. And, you know, probably a little bit like, what does she have that I go and have? And I told him. You know, that's so I told funny that because the thing behind you know, it is uh, when we did a webinar recently, since you're often really irresistible. And one of the things that I did in that was talk about the inherent motivations of people. And his motivation wasn't about being on necessarily being on a podcast. His inherent motivation was not being left out, not being second choice. And, yeah. and the implications of not having the audience meant that he wasn't picked. And how far could that go back? And this is the interesting thing about the psychographics of, of understanding your audience and understanding how to position yourself to an audience. You won't necessarily know all of this up front, but the more you're in conversation, the more you're listening behind the words that people say, the more you will actually see the, the position that they're coming from and what it is that they will actually be moved by. Yeah, and and that's why I think, and I kind of I can't say I was a natural at this, right? Because I kind of used to be. Yeah, I remember people telling me, "Oh, you just hang out in Facebook groups, and people will tell you what they want." And I'm like, "No, they don't." <laughs> you know, and I couldn't sort of see it until you start. No. Well, he didn't say. You know, why did, you know, but the, but the comment he made in the context of the conversation I'd had with him, you know, was like, oh, yeah, you're kind of being frustrated here because I swear you probably tried a lot of times. You know, you probably tried later on, he told me that he'd actually tried to host this event that didn't do well, you know. But that's um, Yeah, but I think that's the thing he said something that ha- that I picked up on and if I hadn't had my antennas up that's the bit know, I want to tell that's the bit I want to share with people because whilst you said before that you couldn't you know when people say just hang out in Facebook groups and you'll just find out what people it's like yeah that's like, like the big the big picture version of the truth of it but actually it's your strength and it's and what you heard was you heard opportunity from the pos- position of your real essence your zone of genius your strength the thing that you stand on the the opinionated areas that you know that you talk on and you understand most deeply and so as soon as you uh heard him kind of come into your world a little bit with his comment you saw it because you can't unsee the truth that you know and I think that's the bit I want to say to people about social listening it's not about listening to some words that people say, watching what they write and then jumping into their inbox, as it were, and sort of going, I heard you say X, you know, and do you want a conversation about this? You know, it's actually, it's 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 noticing when I think the conversation, whether it's you're just observing a conversation or you're in one, starts to come close enough to your zones of genius, your skills, your experience, the things that you stand on, I call your truth. The things that you go, oh, just let me tell you about this. You know, this is what I really think about that. As soon as somebody enters into your world about that area, you are in, you're in the sweet spot. That's the place where you can talk to the implications, talk to the problems, 
can't manufacture them when they're not in your zone of genius, when they're not in your experience and skill set, when they're not coming from your essential truth and your lived, you know, your lived experience of 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 what you know. It's like I know you, uh, and you always talk about audience building. You always talk about, you know, the 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 ability to partner and to take the long game and to take the long view. And uh, I don't know, you know. I know that I'm always talking to people about voice or about message or about positioning themselves, about how to actually interact with one person or another. Um, so I think there are territories, isn't it, that there's those places which are our unique zone of genius. And when people start to ping into that territory, you'll feel it energetically on the inside. And that's where you can talk about in implications. You don't need to manufacture it. It's already there. And... There's another piece to that. There's another element to that. Um, you know, I mean, I did say it, but I kind of want to come back to it because the second piece to that was, and I actually had spoken to him before, right? I wasn't some random stranger on, on, on a Facebook thread. I had reached out to him initially because just, I just, like when he was in that comment thread and somebody kind of like, well, what was he doing? So, oh. Oh, I love what you're doing, right? I, I had reached out, reached out to him without any agenda, right? So it was, and I have him on my podcast. So I had, like, I had the credibility in his eyes to even take notice of what I had to say. So I want to really point that out, you know, like, I think that same, hey, I just sent you a little video and he goes, oh my God, yes, please. The other piece to it was that we weren't, False. I mean, I can't say I don't. I know him all that well, but you know, we've had two conversations. You know, so my name wasn't unknown to him, right? So that's the other piece of it. So I think this, and I remember I got told very early in, you know, going through coach training, like your clients will always come from that inner circle, from the people that you're already known to, and I think this is I really want to point that out that that's the second part. You know, because if that same situation for somebody who would never heard of me, they probably would have blocked me for go away, you know. So I think it does, that's the other piece to that that you also want to look at. You know, do that with people who you already, who already know who you are by the time you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast because the very next one, I think we've pointed to the end of this with credibility. And the very next podcast, we're going to dive deeper into how to really use that and understand how to leverage your credibility and help somebody understand that so in the meantime take care take care thanks for tuning in to the visible coaches podcast if you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature this podcast is your sanctuary if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far make sure to subscribe to the visible coaches podcast on your favorite platform and we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.